For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Got a good program for you today. Dr. Kathy is in studio. Actually, not in studio. She's on Skype. But she's on the program today talking about how do you parent during the quarantine. There are so many changes, so many variables, so many layers to this. And she is fantastic. You will love it. Here is Dr. Kathy on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Rebels. Whatever time you're listening to this, thanks for joining the program today. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Hope you are all doing well and surviving the lockdown. Uh, we are coming at you from our Home Rebel Horde headquarters bunker <laughs> in the lockdown. You know what? We have Dr. Kathy Cook on the program today. She's been on multiple times before. Fantastic educator, mm. uh, psychologist, therapist, Deals with kids, celebratekids.com, and our Instagram is Celebrate Kids Inc. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on the program today. Well, thanks for inviting me back. I love being here for sure. Here's the truth. Honestly, I was doing okay. And the weather was getting nicer and nicer. Like it was that fake springtime in Colorado where you think it's going to be nice. And then you know in the back of your head, nope, you're going to get more freezing days. It's been snowing for three days in a row. <laughs> I want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Like, well, and yesterday it was like 20 degrees. So not only is it snowing and then it's cold and then you add the wind chill to that oh, and you go outside gracious. and you're freezing in about three seconds. You're like, oh. I just want to go outside. I want the sun. I want normalcy. I want consistency. I want stability. I've got none of it. None of it. I don't <laughs> think any of us do. What are you hearing? Are you hearing from clients, from patients, mm. from families? What are you hearing? Like, we're hearing a ton of this. I, mean, I think we're hearing a ton of what we're like. We were doing okay, and it's getting to be a lot. Like, I'm yeah. not used to being around my spouse 24 hours a day. I feel like I've put him under a microscope. I question everything my child does. I'm irritated easily. I think we're seeing a lot of a little frayed ends at this point. What are yeah. you seeing? Oh, all of that and more. I totally agree. Let me speak first, if you don't mind, to the snow. Yeah. So I live I live in Fort Worth, Texas, where last week we hit the high of 96 degrees. It was the highest temperature ever in the history of our city for that date. Today we're down in the upper 40s. We had a cold front that went through. Huh. We've all moved from AC to heat. And so oh, it's very different from the snow. But what I want to say to you, who are listening in the climates with the snow, and I totally respect what you're saying, part of me wants to say, send the kids outside, let them build a snowman. Dad might yeah. have time to build one with the kids for the first time ever. Yeah. You can shovel, you know, and, and I understand that after spring and the daffodils are beginning, it, it is stressful. <laughs> I used to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we oh, never yeah. liked yeah. that last snow of the year that always <laughs> came too late. Yep. So I get that. And yet I wonder if we've been, you know, we're in these tight quarters of these square footage spaces. Now you've got the whole outdoors. And can we send the kids out and can they have a snowball fight and can they get some of the wiggles out? So I do want to encourage you to believe that maybe there's some good in it because Amen. the lack of schedule 
is an intense reality for us. I hated erasing things from my calendar. Yep. Yeah. I don't know about right? you guys. But everything all. was canceled. Delete, delete, All our delete. events were canceled. All of my speaking, all my charity uh-huh. events were canceled. Birthday parties, weddings, yeah. uh, all these it, things. It's hard. So I respect that if we have part of our security in our schedule and in the false belief we're in control of it, <laughs> then it's stressful and the snow adds to that. And yet... You know, can we, what I've tried to say to a lot of parents and kids is can we look for the positives and can we find a reason to smile? Because you guys, we have to, otherwise we will die under this. The first week, it was like an extended spring break and early, early summer. It felt okay for a while, but I respect now that it's already getting old and nerves are frayed and there's legitimate concern. I, I don't like using the word stress. I, I get it. And yeah. I get it because none of us have experienced this. But you know what, you guys, this is an opportunity for our children to watch us learn with them yeah. how to cope, how to still depend on God, how to reach mm-hmm. out to our parents who are still our authority for wisdom. We could teach our kids a lot of life lessons. And part of me is sad they're having to learn them young. Yeah, And yet you can't deny the scripture that says that when you walk through the valleys, don't sit down, but when you walk through these negative life experiences, if you look up for God, your faith grows and your character matures and we could have a generation of kids more mature than the one before them that some of us have concerns about, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, you think of like, I know for me as as a new parent, I didn't want my kids to struggle. Right. Like I wanted to protect them from the struggle of life, whatever it may be, tying your shoe or falling off your bike or things of that nature. And as I as I am an older mom now, I've realized, no, all those little struggles actually help uh, purify their character. And it's good, even though I I still want to protect them and I don't want them to struggle. But I'm like, hey, this might be the changing point for many children. Yeah. You know, of where the trajectory of their life was going. Do you know what, Kathy, what you just said made me think of when Lincoln was one years old, he turned one on October 16th. And one month later, Laura and I flew to Australia for me to work for a week. And then I had a week off in Australia. But we get to the airport at 10 o'clock at night, overnight flight, the whole deal. They cancel our flight. We fly out at 10 a.m. the next day. Lincoln is awake about 12 of the 14-hour straight flight. We lost all the sleep in the world. Like, it was serious PTSD. Like, I had five or six events every single day. I was at a huge event, and this um, cricket, Australian rules football stadium in, like, their owner's area that was super fancy, and I fell asleep at my table. Like when, that's, when he was the main speaker. I'm the keynote speaker. I'm going on in 20, 30 minutes. And they're and looking fall, at me and I'm just about falling over too. Dead asleep at the table. And um, that was funny. Dr. Arch Hart, who we love, was sitting there and I come awake with a start and I look, I'm so embarrassed, but I'm, I'm as jet lagged as I've ever been in my life. And he goes, you just sleep. I'll wake you up before it's your turn to go on. <laughs> And I was like, thank I literally fell straight back asleep. And he yeah. woke me up about 20 minutes later. He's like, you're on in five. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, that was 
our hardest travel situation we had ever gone through. When we left Australia, we flew to Hawaii. It was nine hours, and we got there, and our families were going, oh, my goodness, how did you do nine hours with a baby? And I was like, what are you talking about? That was nothing. Like, <laughs> when we flew home from Hawaii, it was six hours. And people were like, how did you do six hours? I'm like, we did 14. Six is literally, I could do the standing on my head. <laughs> and I wonder if the way parents handle this if kids, this generation going through this time, I mean, the millennials have gone through two recessions. This is one of the worst in our country's history. We went from the best economy in history to one of the worst. I wonder if when times do get hard throughout their lives, they'll look back and be like, whatever, we went through the quarantine. Like, I mean, how bad is it? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. I love that perspective. It is perspective, right? right? Yeah. Yes. And this is another reason that I'm counseling people against assuming everyone is reacting like they're reacting. Right. You know, the level of stress, level of anxiety depends upon any number of things. And I believe a lot of our kids will look back on this and they're going to have great memories mm -hmm. because they're playing together. We have older siblings getting to know their younger siblings for the maybe first the first time. time oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. playing together and experiencing mm -hmm. life together. And I'm, I'm not saying that you know, every meal is perfect and that no. every you know game time ends with <laughs> hugs and cheers. And yet, could we equip them for that? And could we believe that that's possible? And could we celebrate those moments so that looking back, all of us do recognize that there was something beautiful here, even though it's different. Different doesn't always have to be totally bad. It's different. Mm, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, what have you noticed, too, with all the kids that I know of that are on screen so much now like is there a huge outcry of parents being like my kid's on screen all day long he's doing his online learning and then this and that and is like you know we have a gamer kid so he's got five classes they're an hour to an hour and a half online during zoom and then all of his homework is done via pdfs online, online. And he still games. Like, I'm not going to take that away. Like, it's the one thing he does with his friends. They're all on FaceTime screaming at each other. But are you hearing like, oh, my goodness, I feel like my kid's never off the screen? Mm -hmm. It's a challenge, isn't it? And I've said to a lot of parents, I have grace for you mm -hmm. in this particular space and for kids. You know, it is for a lot of even adults. It's where we go when we're stressed. Now, the danger is that a lot of kids treat their these are toys. These aren't tools. They prefer that their devices be their fun and their games. And yeah. now we've turned them overnight into the tools through which they have to learn. And that's difficult because they're used to multitasking and having fun. And when they're on their device, it's always about them because they choose where they go on their device, oh, et cetera. True, so I think true. for a lot of our young people and even some adults who are having to do a whole lot of more work through Zoom and things phone. like that, yep. It's just a, a challenge, I think, a mental space to get into. I do think that I would caution parents against allowing children to always fall into the glowing rectangle as their only escape from stress because now they're isolating and they're actually in the very thing that can produce the stress, sure. which is why you even asked the question yep. originally. Right. Yep. So again, are we available and are we living in the living room together? And if we want to relax with devices, could we research together? Could we game with our kids? Could we you know, use FaceTime with grandma and, you, and use our technology as a life-giving resource and even serve through it as we reach out to others. Yeah, hmm. that's I great. have encouraged parents, and I'm sure you two have as well, to make sure that we transition away from all the screens back to what used to be the norm prior to this. Kids are going to have to learn that the device mm. is now 
you know, lockdown because you're not needing it for school anymore and go find something else to do. Yeah. We're going to have to help them transition at the, at some point. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that's great. Well, that Makes I sense. like that you said, but just about that grace, because I've talked to a couple of my friends and we're feeling like, oh my gosh, too much screen. My kid's going to be traumatized, you know, and, but yeah, I like what yeah. you said on the back end. Yes, we are going to have to coach them about it letting it go. I've been concerned about money because I got laid off from my job. And the one area that I have spent money in is I've been researching better board games and more fun board oh. games for like yeah. I, I ordered one. It hasn't come in yet. It's called Hive. And it's like uh, kind of like a chess-esque game. But I think it'll be great with Lincoln. And we're trying to do more of that at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. It's And here's the truth. And I want people to give themselves grace too. Sometimes when we play board games, it goes really well and it's super fun and we're all laughing. Sometimes it ends in tears and everybody's storming off the table. Oh. And I feel like a huge <laughs> failure as a parent when it's like, I'm mad, you know, and everybody's like, you know, and I'm like, you come back here. We're planning to have fun as a family, you know, and it doesn't and work out. Silent just give yourself that grace. <laughs> Sometimes it'll go great. Sometimes it doesn't. Just keep going again. As a parent, you can choose to go. In fact, uh, Saturday, we had some really fun times because it was 60, 68 degrees. It was beautiful. And we had some tough times. And I got to hand it to Laura. At dinner that night, she gathered us all together and she's like, hey, we had some good stuff, but we had some hard times. We're all going to go again. And just mm -hmm. gave everyone the grace to be like, I'm not blaming. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying we're all going to choose to go again as a new family. And we had a great Easter because of it. Oh, Laura, I love that. I love that. And Thanks. and for the parent to own what is theirs to own. Yes. You know, I think that it's very easy, isn't it, to blame your spouse, to blame the children for our bad attitudes or our temper. No, let's own what is ours to own and let's yeah. grow yeah. up and apologize and ask to be forgiven. Far too many kids, not just in this season, but will say to me, you know, Dr. Kathy, my parents never apologize, much less mm. ask to be forgiven. Wow. And is that because, you know, they think they're perfect mm. and then they say, or is it because I'm just a kid? And when a child says to me, the founder of Celebrate Kids, yeah. is it because I'm just a kid? I will go find that parent oh, and okay. I will, you know, I will talk with them yep. kindly sure. about what are you teaching your child about his worth when you always shame and blame and don't take responsibility? And why would you expect their character to be any different from yours? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We learned that from the Fuller Youth Institute on one of the biggest ways to pass on your faith to the next generation is to apologize when you're wrong and look for ways to show your kids that you fail too because it sets yes. them up for success when they go, oh, my parents fail too? Oh, okay. And I think that's very new for parents today versus in the past. I think yes. the further back you go, yeah, the less the we apologize to children, the less we admitted when we were wrong the less we looked for ways to say, man, I blew it today at work. I really acted inappropriately or I really did something, you know, inappropriate in the car today when I was driving. And, you know, I think the further back you go, the less and less and less that happened. And it's more important today to do it than ever. Mm -hmm. It is partly because technology, which is raising a lot of our kids, uh, appears to always be 
working right, right? It never breaks. Daddy always buys me a new one. If something goes wrong, we can unplug it, wait 20 seconds, plug it back in, and magic happens. And <laughs> the reboot, I mean, the oh. reboot button's amazing. You know, as authors, you know, we love the undo button. I mean, yep. but yeah. we know because of our age that our heart, soul, mind, and spirit does not come with a reboot button or an undo button. So, mm. but our kids think that nothing ever really breaks, everything's perfect, everything's easy. There's the GPS and spell check, and my phone has everything in it that I'll ever need. So nothing should ever be hard. Right. And now they're in a season when maybe some things are harder. And this, you know, this is an amazing opportunity, you guys, to teach our kids resilience yeah. and yes. resiliency. And I write about that in my books, as you know, it is perhaps the most important skill for our kids to get from this experience. The choice, it's a choice to bounce back quickly from despair, trauma, disappointment, discouragement, loss, mm. fear, grief, to bounce back from that and to believe that it won't necessarily continue on, to have that skill set, just like when they learn to walk, they don't stay down and right. they, they're not right. crawling, right. they're walking because, you know, Laura, you didn't overprotect them mm -hmm. as that parent. And I love that you don't want your kids to suffer. Of course you don't. And yet we're going to understand that we learn a lot from walking through experiences and on our own discovering we have the strength to make sure that failure isn't fatal and mm -hmm. failing isn't a final destination. It's yeah. something that happens on the way to excellence, which could result in perfection if it is supposed to even be this side of heaven. Hmm. Yeah. So what are some other ways we can help ingrain that resiliency we, we want, even maybe for ourselves, but definitely for our children? Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I love that question. Um, having that you can do it, you can do it attitude, but saying that only when you know it's true. Mm. To not huh. say you can do it when you know they don't have the skill set and you know their attention span has been maxed yeah. out by 11 a.m. Okay. and they have yet another Zoom call with yet another teacher, <laughs> to, <laughs> I, I think to equip them to do well, to surround them with the strength that they need, whether it's a bowl of M&Ms or some hot chocolate or yeah. the blind <laughs> I gave my son hot so chocolate this morning. You know? <laughs> yeah. But to not say this is easy when it's not, okay. to not say you can do it when you know there's legitimate concern there, but instead to provide truth and to provide instruction mm -hmm. on how to stand back up after being defeated, being yeah. embarrassed, yeah. being okay. discouraged, being challenged by something that's new. And Ryan, really what you were saying too is for us to model that we have bounced back and to learn with our kids and to show them how we shift our attitude. Like Laura, for you at dinner on Saturday night to say, we're not gonna repeat this. Well, you know, that was a choice and maybe you prayed, maybe you didn't, but to show our kids all of that. Yeah, that's interesting. So if I hear you correctly, cause I'm trying to process this with my own kids and the way I'm handling the situation is there is a balance to it. Like with my 13 year old, I've tried to be really honest. Like, you know what? You're right, this does stink. And I'm really sorry. Like it's so hard to be on the classes the way you're on the classes right now. Like, it's really difficult, and he gets super bored. And every now and then, he'll just leave. Like, this morning, he hug. just came in. I'm like, is your class done? He's like, nope, just couldn't do it. And I'm like, okay, totally. Like, he knows himself really well. That's the interesting thing, too. It's easier with Lincoln, not then with Lucy, but it's easy with Lincoln because when he comes in in the middle of class and has just left – it's because he really did need that. He's not slacking mm -hmm. off. He's not being rebellious. Mm -hmm. He's not, yeah. you know, he's just saying, 
I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't okay. Pay attention to totally. That. I can't pay attention to the screen, you know. Talking head. Yeah. And so <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, it's all right, it's okay, this is gonna be fine. And in this situation, I've been like, it does stink. I'm really sorry. We still have some responsibilities we have to do. We still have to figure out how to navigate through this. And if you're feeling like this stinks, it's because it does. And you're right. It does stink. Yes. I love that. Yeah, exactly. To sugarcoat it, we look like fools. Right. I'm sorry. We lose all integrity with our kids if we act like we're fine every single day. Now, I pray that we have made adjustments. And if we have faith in the God of the Bible, then we ought to be different from our neighbors who don't yet have that underpinning, right? Yes. And that knowledge that God is on the throne and wasn't surprised and he's got our back and he's still on our side and he's still good. And it's okay to question that. We understand that. And yet in our family, we go with what the scripture teaches, not with what our opinions are. Sure. And so sure. You, you have a right to question and let's talk and pray and research that a bit. But the truth is that we know God is still in charge. Mm. And so, yeah, I love that. And the fact, Ryan, one of the strengths in what you were just saying is that you know your two kids. I mean, and this is a precious opportunity for moms and dads in particular, who sometimes are the ones who don't know their kids as well, to really begin to observe. The, maybe the most important thing you study are your children. Right. And you look to see what is their natural rhythm? Are they good in the morning or not? And when do you see their spunk and their joy and their enthusiasm most? And mm. how do you, so like you're allowing Lincoln to know himself sure. and respond to a situation with integrity. Now you wouldn't allow him to just leave the whole day if you knew that there was another class that started in 20 minutes that he needs to begin to engage in. Right. You would work with him on that. Yep. Yep. But I, I love that. I think that's absolutely appropriate. And the integrity that you gain as a parent when your kids know that you know them. Sure. And that's so rich. Yeah. She's making me feel so much better because Lincoln last night asked if I was okay. And I go, you know what? I just had a really stinky day today. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, it was terrible. I had a terrible day today. And he was like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. It was a really bad day. I just, and he asked me, he's, such an an intuitive kid he was he asked me questions about why it was bad was it bad because of this you know was it bad because of that and I just said you know I just I'm tired of this it's wearing on me and today was just a tough day and he was and and then we played video games till way way too late late. we all stayed up way too late but yeah, it, I it felt good to be able to be honest with him and just be like I have stinky days just like you have stinky days Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think dads in particular need to model emotional resiliency Mm -hmm. and recovery. So for you then today to wake up and to not have an expectation of a second bad day. Yeah. And if he if he would have said something to you, you know, to make sure that you say, well, I've prayed because I pray every morning. I didn't pray because I expected it to be a bad day. That's not how I believe the rhythms of life work. But absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, Faith in God does not mean that we are immune from the challenges and the difficulties and even the bad days. And for us to be honest, I think is an essential quality for our self-respect. I would say that to a single adult who no one is watching, but you have kids watching you and he, the fact that he is watching you recover and not stay down, like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And that allows us to take power over our day. I was telling Laura this morning, Mm. and here's the truth. Everybody that listens to the show for a long time, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And I was telling Laura, 
my back was kind of tweaked, so I skipped a week of working out, and I've been eating a ton of junk food. We ate tons of sugar on Easter. And yeah. that changes how I feel. That changes my uh, emotional well-being. And I was like, mm-hmm. I really need to be back in our gym working out. And she was like, yeah. And I go, it's so crazy. I know if I go work out, I'll feel better. And yet there's that part of my brain that's like, or you could sleep. You know, and it's usually only people that struggle with depression or anxiety understand that statement. Like that is a real statement. Work out or sleep. Yeah. Um, Okay. totally, totally. And, you know, Laura, if you don't mind, let me come back again to your really important question about helping kids be resilient. Yeah. Yes. Because part of what we're saying here is very relevant to that, that idea that parents be honest with their kids. And one of the reasons for that is that when your children know that you have bad days or struggle with depression or may have a tendency toward anxiety. Now, when they feel anxious, guess where they go? They go to dad (laughs) who has admitted that I am sometimes anxious because they will know that their dad will understand, will not blame and shame, and probably will have solutions because he's discovered how to work through the decision of sweets and sugar or sleep, (laughs) right? Or working out and sleep. So I think that's huge. And then the other thing that can really build resiliency is letting kids come to us when they need help. If a child is struggling with a math fact or with how to remember to do an exercise that dad taught them in the garage that they've converted to a gym and the kid is forgetting something and comes to you and says, how do I do it? And you say, well, why don't you remember? I taught you that yesterday. Mm. You know, if, if we have that attitude, they're not going to come to us again. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're stuck really, right, with their own insights and they're seven or they're 17 right. and they don't have life experiences. Sure. Resilient people bounce back partly because they know where they can turn for information that will help mm. them bounce higher next time. And it might be mm. a good source of information about COVID-19 or it might be a mom and a dad who won't judge and blame and shame, but will actually be a source of information and help. That's crazy. Like, you know, our son's 13. He's got his first cell phone, and we've gone through the cell phone contract and all the things that we believe in. And there's these memes going around that alcohol kills COVID-19. And the other day, Lincoln's like, well, if you drink drink beer, you know, it'll make you better. And I was like, whoa, no, that's not true. That is a... a that's an online son. joke. That he's like, that's not true. I'm like, no, that's not true at all. And he was like, oh, but it's everywhere. I'm like, yes, it's everywhere as a joke, but it's not real. I'm like, mm. hand sanitizer has isopropyl rubbing alcohol in it. That alcohol will kill the COVID-19 bacteria on your hands, but drinking alcohol does not cure coronavirus. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, You know, so it's good every now and then to check in with your kids on what have you heard? What do you think? What do you know about? Mm-hmm. Like there was a meme going around that uh, the Google Classroom had a two-star rating right. in the Apple Store. And if all the kids in our country gave it a one-star rating. <laughs> or no, a zero. Or, you can't do oh, zero. Can't if, do you, zero. If, it, if it gets a one-star, Apple will take it out of the App Store and then we don't have to do Google Classroom for our classes anymore. So there's like millions of children pushing one star for yeah. Google Classroom. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's but, amazing oh what information is out there and where they get it from. Yeah. And so right. and the only reason we found out about what Lincoln thought about COVID-19 was we were on a walk as a family and it came up during that walk. Right. See, 
I love that. You, when we walk, when we build, with, when we clean, when we explore, when we do something with our kids. Yeah. Not interrogate them at the kitchen table. Yeah. Although that, there's, there's a place for that. Right. But when we're active, we relax and things more naturally come up and your children feel safe mm-hmm. because they also know that you're attentive and not distracted by the device in your hand and the screen out there, you know, in the right hand corner of the room or whatever. So I love that for you. Mm. I often recommend drive with your kids because there's no eye contact that's necessary. And they'll sometimes open up more when they can't see your eyes, when they hurt your heart. But now most of us aren't driving around. So going for a walk is a great idea. Talking in the dark is a great idea. They often feel safe asking hard questions when they don't have to see your faces. Oh, that's a great nugget. That is a great one. At night before bed, because that's when I see my daughter really like amps up and wants to yeah. talk and i'm like wait uh, it's an hour past off. bedtime yeah <laughs> we can't sometimes talk for an hour. Because, yeah and sometimes it's because her brother lincoln isn't there yeah so if kids say if, if they share a bedroom if sisters or brothers share a bedroom this doesn't work but if your kids are isolated at, at bedtime they will often be um, relaxed they've been kind of pondering and processing something that came up during the day or maybe you ask them something at breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And now they're pondering and processing and just stand. I often recommend you just stand in the doorway and just pray and think and ponder and wait. Hey mom, what are you doing? Well, just loving you from afar and, you know, just here. And then 10 seconds later, Hey mom, yeah, you know, could I ask you a question? And, um, the dark is often, I don't know, a light to intimacy or vulnerability. And what kids tell me is that they don't want to see your face if they're going to concern you right. because they love you <laughs> and they don't want to hurt your heart. Totally. They don't want to see anger. And so the dark prevents them from that memory, hmm. which I think is just a precious thing for us to remember. It's precious. Definitely. Ooh, and that. also remember sometimes in the dark, they're going to ask you questions about their video game. You know, it, <laughs> it may not always go straight to the heart. You might yeah. be standing there praying and you're talking to the Lord not and you the- hear this, Hey dad. And you go, yeah. And you're like, yes, here it comes. And he goes, you know, I was playing Roblox today, and you're like, what? You know? <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> and you've got to remember, in those times, your reaction in that time may gonna... open the door to another time. Yep. You know? Oh, like, great. I know sometimes I get frustrated. Like, I think, oh, here's a good moment's about to happen. And it's like, I like broccoli. And you're like, what? Ugh, go to bed. You know? So... Be prepared. It's just like playing games as a family. Be prepared for the entire spectrum yeah. of responses <laughs> and questions. It won't That's always a, be great. Yeah. It won't always be bad. It will be yeah. all over the map if you've got children. Amen. Great insight. Yeah. Great insight. So what? I love to oh. say to sometimes I say to kids, even with the broccoli, but I like to say, "Tell me more." Sure. Or you know, <laughs> keep talking. Or even the word "and." To invite, because I love, I love to say that the more details we have about what they're thinking, the greater the likelihood that our comments will resonate and fit with where they're thinking. Yeah. If we immediately respond with a question and we start that interrogation, right. which moms and dads, because you care about them and you, so you want to know and you're curious, so you start to interrogate, which is their word, then we're forcing them to go to a part of their story that they might not have deemed as relevant. Mm-hmm. Versus us simply saying, and, oh. or tell me more, keep talking. And then if they say, well, well what? Then just say, hey, I want to understand. Sure, yeah. sure. Or I want to understand. understand. Yeah. Help me understand. I've also yeah. noticed, look for your kids' vocabulary. Like, 
I've been reading since I was really little, and so my vocabulary is pretty big. And 13-year-olds have a completely different vocabulary. You know, they use the word toxic a lot in a completely different way than I would use the word toxic. And Uh. it means a very different thing. And so look for those key words that your kids use about their friends or about situations or about other relationships. Figure out what is it that they're saying. It may be the same Mm. word you're using, but it might might be being used in a completely different way. Yeah. Great insight, because we shouldn't assume. Right. That's yeah. a great insight. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Kathy, this has been great. I appreciate having you on. I feel better. You know, yeah. it's the, I think a lot of us have, our patience has grown thin with the length of this. And truthfully, it may continue on for another three, four weeks. It, it may not yeah. end at the end of this month. And so giving ourselves and our spouses and our kids grace and looking for ways to connect has really been helpful today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, it's such an honor to be here. I appreciate the ministry that you have to so many families. I love that we can use technology to reach out into their spaces and give some ideas that I pray are going to be a blessing for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Dr. Kathy for coming on the program. Thank you to all you rebels who share and support us during this lockdown. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support our podcast, you can go to rebelparenting.org, click on the donate tab. Everything is tax deductible, and we appreciate it. God bless you, rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.